TFON Podcast here for season three, episode three. We got a special guest, the Inquirer's own, Cincinnati's own, Keith Jenkins in the building. JT, what's good, brother? Not much, man. I greatly appreciate you taking a little bit of time um, to talk talk uh, Bearcats football before the season starts. Of course, we we less than two weeks out. Finally, it's like like we've been talking about it and waiting for it. So. Everything is booked for Fayetteville. I'm ready to get down there and get this season going. Yeah, for sure. So you already booked up. So when, uh, what day are you going down? I'm going down Friday. I get in at, I don't know, 10.30 a.m. or so. I got an early flight because I just didn't want a chance getting delayed or canceled, postponed, whatever. Um, and there's, a, there's an event at the art museum down there that some UC people will be at that I'll check out on Friday. Okay. I'm looking forward to that because I guess it's an amazing museum and I'm a big art nerd. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then uh and yeah, we just I just got the credentials or I requested the credential yesterday. So yeah, man, I'm excited to see some college football. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, you know, everybody knows the grind of camp higher ground. Um, you've definitely were you know forefront one of the media members that was forefront in that um like what are things that you saw that you know bearcat fans may not expect like of somebody that could be like a emerging player this season or something that kind of caught your eye that maybe people aren't talking about so everybody's talking about the quarterback battle which we will get into but what's the maybe a little caveat, a little nugget for somebody that wasn't there at Camp Higher Ground um, that you can drop for them? Yeah, I mean, maybe I think people may expect the defense to drop off a bit. You know, you you have, what, seven of the 11 starters in the NFL right now yeah. um, from last year. I think they'll be just as good. And that sounds crazy. <laughs> um I'm not saying that we have a sauce and a Kobe and there's a Brian Cook and a Myjay, but um, they have so many defensive backs this year um, that I think we'll see. I think we'll see Arquan and Shepard be the one and two at corner, um, but with Taj and Sammy and and JQ, who is as advertised, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the depth there, I think Brian Threats, a guy that we haven't seen a lot in the defensive backfield, is going to be great. Um, Javon Hicks, I spoke with him. He's ready to be the next great um, safety. You know, Brian Cook, James Wiggins, Derek Forrest, he's ready to step into that role of, you know, being the next NFL draft pick at that position. Um, and the defensive line is ridiculous. Um, you think if you lose – Curtis Brooks, Marcus Brown, Myjay, oh, we're in trouble. Dude, Juwan Briggs is going to have a monster year. Um, and, and then, you know, Corleone, the young kid, is a beast. Um, and then, you, of course, we got Malik Van and others, Jabari Taylor. I mean, these guys, you, Cincinnati has talked so much about um, reloading, like not stopping the train. This train's not stopping. It's just going to keep going. They just, they just reload. They truly have done that. Ivan Pace is phenomenal. 
he is a great football player. And I, I told Jim Kelly this the other day, um, who does radio with Dan Horde. I said, if if Ivan was two or three inches taller, he'd be in the NFL right now, right now. That's yeah. the reason. He's just an undersized. He's like a little bowling ball out there. And I don't mean in any disrespect. I mean that affectionately. Um, so, I, you know, and Deshaun is going to be a beast. And Will Huber has been a great leader. So I think just from the outside looking in, you would wonder, oh, man, you know, we lose so much. Is that defense still going to be how good it's been over the last three, four seasons? Yes, it will again still be um, a strength of that team. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I second that, man. Like, I know I haven't made as many as you for sure, but I, the first thing that popped out, I was like, man, these dudes are like, – they, their rotation, they can go six six deep, like, on you know, in the front seven pretty much. It seems like maybe even more. I might be short-shotting it, on, especially on the D-line, but they're, they can rotate, man, and, and they're not going to have – like, it's not going to be much drop-off, if any, when they, do, when they do rotate, which is crazy. And it sounds like people are just – like we're just drinking the Kool-Aid, but um, when you when you see it live, then you're like, "Hey, this this is serious, serious business." So. Yeah, the only the only concern, I guess, as of right now, is what has made the D line so good over the last three four seasons is they've had multiple guys. So yeah. you know, Curtis Brooks didn't play every snap, Marcus yeah. because Marcus Brown was good, and they could relieve each other and Jawan Briggs could come in last season and um, they need to find, and I think they have, but they need to find a true seven, eight, nine guys on that D line where they can just kind of circle guys in. But I mean, guys, you know, Malik Van has been waiting for that opportunity to be, you know, the star that we've all been waiting for. And he's got it this year. Jabari Taylor's another one that's been waiting um, for that breakout year, um, Will Hubert, like all of these guys have just been chomping at the bit for their opportunity um, to take a hold of this program and really show what they can do. And these guys have looked really, really good. You you hope that they stay healthy. Um, but it's just as far as like, it's a credit to Luke Fickle and his staff and how they've recruited um, because they've really, truly have, guys right behind the other guys who are ready to step in you know brian threats is one of my favorite players out of camp mm. um he's just i, I told dan horde yesterday he's a pit bull because he's he's a small guy and undersized safety but he just has a nose for the football he and jay J- von had interceptions in the scrimmage um the last day at higher ground um they just got ball hawks everywhere great athleticism high football IQ guys. And I really think we're not going to see, and we'll see how it shakes out, but, you know, we're not going to see, I think, um, maybe stars that play every single down, like a sauce and a, and a Kobe and a Brian cook, um, Darian Beavers, Joe DeBlanco, you know, these guys played every down for that defense. I I mean, I think you'll see that maybe in Deshaun Pace, Arquan Bush, maybe, but I think Javon Hicks, but I think you'll see um, Trestle and, and Combs. I think they're going to um, really rotate guys and really just have, you know, a solid 15, 16 players that they play. Um, and, and I think the dividends and the benefits of that will just be that guys will be fresher. 
Um, and hopefully that'll wear down some offenses. And, and, you know, I think they'll still be successful. But as far as having those, you know, all-American players, maybe outside of Deshaun, Ivan, Hicks, and Bush, and I'm hopeful that those guys have monster seasons. But I really do think you're going to see, like, just a rotation of multiple, you know, high IQ athletes who, you know, Cincinnati's just going to throw bodies at at opposing um, offenses and, and and wear them out that way. So it's I think they found some depth at camp. Um, and I think that's that could be a really, really big strength for the Bearcats this season. Yeah. With with you know, with the secondary not having a sauce and Kobe, you know, people know a lot of the recruits, but just like you said, JQ being as good as advertised, like how fast did it take you to say, like, hey, this this young man is possibly gonna be a player, not like next year, possibly this year. Like, when did you see it? I mean, we saw it in spring, you know. We, I mean, it, it didn't take us to get the higher ground to see his potential. And, I mean, first off, he's just a physical freak. I mean, I mean, you know, he's huge. I, I remember seeing him in spring, and I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be in high school. Like, like you're, what are you, 17? Like, yeah. um, he's huge. He's, he's, where, he's where Sauce was at the end of his career here um, physically. Yeah. And and seeing Sauce work with him in the spring when he was back before the draft and even after the draft. Um, so he's already picking up some tips from from him. But I mean, JQ started in the spring getting reps with the third team all I mean, excuse me, third team defense. And by the end of higher ground, you know, he's mixing up with the ones. Yeah. And, you know, you you look at they they talked all camp long about iron sharpening iron. That's that's been the big thing that they've um, kind of rallied around this fall. Um, and seeing JQ having to go up against Nick Mardner um, in camp, who, bro, like Nick Mardner, his ceiling is ridiculous, and he's got another year too if he wants with that COVID year. Yeah. Um, but he, to have his six six frame, and now he's about two hundred and twenty pounds. He's gained about fifteen twenty pounds of muscle. Um, to see him in the red zone, just it's just going to be a problem. To you just throw it up and let him go get it. But um, and he's also a guy when he gets the ball in his hands, you know he's shifty and twitchy. I mean he can make some guys miss as well. So, but seeing Jake him and JQ go at it, that's a that's. They've made each other better all camp long, all spring long. Um, and JQ has gotten the better of him. And look, Marner, there, it's not a coincidence that he's on the preseason watch list for the Bolitnikoff Award. I mean, that, there's a reason why he's he's a excuse me, he's a dynamic playmaker. Um, he showed it at Hawaii last year, and I really do believe, you know, it, it'll be a step up in competition. Um, you know, when you're facing Arkansas and Indiana and Houston, if we get to championship and, and whatever, whatever, but yeah. UCF and others. Um, but he's just a guy who just he's a flat out football player. Um, so he's seeing him and JQ go at it and seeing JQ, um, you know, snatch some picks from him and, and get the best of him a couple of times. And even Ben Bryant saying, holy crap, man, this guy, he's different. Yeah. Um, so I think I think JQ is going to be one of those guys where 
I don't know if he'll be um, opposite of Arquan, um, but I think you'll see him, you know, get some snaps, obviously, and he'll maybe on that that nickel corner a few times. I think Sammy will be there. I think Taj Ward will be there as well. But we're going to see a lot of different guys. But again, by week three, it may be a situation where, you know, JQ, similar to Sauce, makes a phenomenal play, and Combs is just like, hey, man, we, we can't take this guy off the field. We got to yeah. – just like they did with Sauce. So – but yeah. the fact – I think you find comfort in if you're Luke Fickle, if you're, Luke Fickle, if you're one of his coaches, and if you're, if you're a fan, that they got a lot of guys who can flat-out play. They It looks like they've, again, hit on a lot of recruits. Yeah. Um, again, we got to see how this season shakes out. But – so far, at least, it looks like they've recruited, again, really good players and really good people. And, you know, Luke Fickle and his staff are on a roll there. And, um, man, it should be it should be another fun, fun season for the Bearcats. For sure. Yeah, man. So we talked about the defense. Now what everybody wants to hear is what you've seen in the offense. So the, the, the number one question is who's going to be, you know, the quarterback, against Arkansas, but I know he hasn't announced it. Like, from what you saw at higher ground, who do you think has a slight edge? Do you think it's 50-50? Um, like, what what were your takeaways just from Keith Jenkins' point of view? It's definitely a battle. Like, I think it's it, that should be said that both Evan and Ben got first-team reps um, most of camp. But just as far as who do I think have has the edge, it's Ben. Um, Ben's older. Um, he's a, he, you know, he, he's a senior. He's led a program before last year at Eastern Michigan. But I think if, if we're just talking about just strictly football, um, Ben's the better thrower. He's the more pure passer. Um, he's less um, erratic and more consistent. And I love Evan. Evan yeah. will be special. Um, but you know, the name of the game is, all right, we need to hold on to the football and we need to move the chains. Hmm. And I think, I think Ben um, has the slight edge there. Um, and I think both guys see that. Um, I think both guys respect that. I've, I've seen a lot of talk of like, if Evan doesn't get the job, he's going to transfer. Look, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. All indications suggest that. Evan is committed to this program and um, he's invested. He loves Gino, loves Luke Fickle, loves being having the opportunity to play in his hometown. And look, I get it. Everyone wants to play. Everyone wants the ball and wants to be the guy. Um, but I, I just think Ben has Ben has gotten the edge in camp. Um, there was a, a week where he was limited. Um, he had a, he had some elbow soreness, nothing, nothing of any seriousness. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was Evan who was taking a lot of the reps with the first team offense. And that was an opportunity for Evan to, um, you know, really snatch the job. And even though he is, he, he certainly had his ups, I just don't think he did enough to say, Hey, I'm, I should have this job over Ben, um, so I, I would give Ben the edge, but I'm guessing, you know, I mean, I think that I do think they have an idea internally. I don't think that they will make an announcement. Um, Luke Fickle, I think, is scheduled to speak twice, two more times before 
they take the field, at least to us, yeah. um, before they take. So, I, you know, I don't I'm guessing that just to keep the element of surprise and to keep that competitive edge, he's going to let that thing ride as long as he can until Saturday, until September 3rd. We may not know, you know, who's the starter until they try that onto the field. And even then you might see you might see Evan under center, Ben split out wide or vice versa. You might see both guys out there. Um, But I think the good thing is um, both guys grew a lot since the spring. Um, They both improved. And I think they both um, understand the seriousness of that role and the responsibility of that position and um, the importance of, keeping the standard high, the standard that Desmond Ritter and others set. And so, you know, whatever the decision will be, I think Cincinnati's in good hands as far as, you know, being the person that can just, you know, keep this thing going. Obviously, you know, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. So I think both guys are fully capable. And I think both guys will be gamers, meaning, you know, they may not be uh, or may look tremendous in practice some days. And look, you're going up against a really good defense. Um, but I think when those lights come on, I think both guys will, 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 will step up to the challenge and answer the bell. So I do think Ben has the edge, but um, I do think whoever wins, um, Cincinnati's in good hands. And look, man, Evan, Corey Kiner, you know, others, I mean, the future is still very much bright. Um at Cincinnati for sure. For sure. So yeah, that's that's good, insightful information. That's pretty much on par to what I saw and what I've heard as well. Um, but we don't know until you know Fickle announces, you know, who the starter is. But um staying on the offensive side of the ball, you know, last year they had Jerome Ford, who had a hell of a year. Um, one of the best, you know, running back seasons in Bearcat history and now you know we got four guys buying for carries um like who impressed you in the backfield um during higher ground and during the spring and like what do you think um will be kind of the the uh, pecking order when it comes to to the running backs you know starting this you know this season yeah I think we got four guys yeah. Um, vying for that number one spot. You have the senior Chuck, Charles McClellan. You got um, Monty, Ryan Montgomery, who's also expected to be the number one punt returner. Um, you know, you got Miles Montgomery, who has been the shocker, has been the surprise. He has sure. rocketed up the depth chart as just a redshirt freshman. He has gotten a lot of first team reps, a lot of carries, a lot of attention. And that was even the case in the spring. Yeah. Um, and then you got, of course, the new guy who's back home and Corey Kiner. Um, all of those guys could be number one. Um, I think Miles, believe it or not, has the edge right now, the early edge. They just love him, man. And he is a guy, um, great athlete and a great runner of the football. He runs forward and runs well, keeps his legs churning. Um, he's, he's very, he plays very mature and I, you know, as a redshirt freshman, you think he still have some room to grow and he does, but I think if they threw him out there first, he'd be fully prepared and capable to carry that load. But I think the interesting thing, um, as I've talked in the, um, 
you know, Darren Page, the running backs coach, is I'm not sure we're going to see um, the same situation like we saw last year with Jerome Ford, where he was a 20-25 carry-a-game guy. He was the feature back, you know, 30 carries, 150 yards. I'm just not sure, um, you know, health is going to play a big role in this, but I really truly believe, and Paige said this, he said that he and Geno – have talked about having a running back by committee. You know, maybe the best option this season is not having one guy. Every guy has different skill sets. They're all four very different backs. Mm -hmm. Um, You think about Chuck, who's probably the furthest along as far as just being that senior, but he's got, you know, two torn ACLs on his resume. And so it may be beneficial for him, um, to have a committee so that he doesn't have to tote it 25 times a game, you know, tote it 11 times a game and let Monty focus on being that versatile guy who can be in the pass game and also in the return game um, and get Corey Kiner worked up. Kiner had a nagging hamstring injury at the beginning of camp. So he didn't really truly get the full speed until the end of higher ground. Um, But he's special. But I think he's still got some ways to go as far as, you know, learning the playbook and just getting physically acclimated. Um, but I think we'll see him. I think we'll see a lot of him. So um, I think we'll, 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 you know, I think we will see at least early on until things really get settled. Um, and then, you know, roles are defined. And that's not just in the running back backfield. That's that's at every position. But I do think we'll see um, four backs this season. Um, because they're all very different. It provides a change of pace. It keeps defenses guessing. And I think they all can be productive. And I think ultimately that's what you want. The, the goal is, hey, can, can we give you the ball and can you move that chain that way? And I think all guys can do that. So, yeah, I, I, again, I, just like I don't think we'll see, you know, sauce on one side, Kobe yeah. on another. I don't. I don't think we'll see Jerome Ford every down. Um, I do think we'll just see a mixture of looks. And Gino has been very creative with his with his different options and different formations and end arounds and you know misdirections. And yeah. so I think he's really going to try to do his best to utilize as many weapons as he's as he can and 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 keep the defense guessing. So we'll see. Cool. So. Now we go to the to the receivers and tight ends. You know, the tight end position has Josh Wiley, Lenny Taylor. Um, they have um, Shaman Mateer, um, who people might not know about, but if you've been around, know that young man is a monster. And then you have, you know, after losing Alec Pierce and, you know, Michael Young Jr., you know, it's a few more positions to be that's open out there, semi semi open for the receivers. Um, like who has impressed you at the receiver position that people maybe not know or people maybe be overlooking? And then is there a tight end um, that's that kind of caught your eye as well, besides the, you know, the normal Josh Wiley and, and Lenny Taylor? Yeah. the uh, it, So I would not want to be Gino because <laughs> I, there's so many guys and you got like 30 guys that you want to play and you're like, well, we can't play 30. Can we? Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, Trey and Tyler are going to be great. 
Trey yep. Tucker, Tyler Scott. Um, Chris Scott is another one that I think is going to be – he's going to have a big year. Um, you know, Mardner is going to play a major role. Um, exactly what his role will be, I don't, I don't know exactly what that is yet. I think right now I see him as a really, really big um, red zone target. But I think Chris Scott is going to – he and Nick Martin are going to rotate at that third, that Alec Pierce position, if you will. Um, the tight end thing is interesting because they're both great. And Josh Wiley is healthy, and he looks, he looks better than ever. Um, I mean, he just looks locked in and loaded and – I think he understands how big of a year this is for him. Like he could have tested the draft waters last year, decided to come back and, you know, put more film out there. And I think that was a great decision. Um, But I say it's interesting because I thought that we would see a lot more 12 personnel. And and if I'm going over anyone's head, that's when you have one running back and two tight ends on the field at the same time. Yeah. And we haven't we haven't seen a lot of that here during camp. Um, now that's not to say that we won't see a lot of it on game day. Maybe that's just a formation where look, we know that formation well. We need to spend more time, you know, practicing and and perfecting other formations. But um, I think again, this is just my opinion. But I think if Ben has the stronger arm the more accurate arm right now. And I think with him being the projected starter, in my opinion, I think that more so spreads out the offense and that takes away the uh, idea of running 12 personnel. Mm. I think if it was Evan as your projected starter, I think we'd see more 12 Mm. personnel, having both tight ends, having two safety valves, who are closer to Evan and not challenging him as much to get the ball out, you know, outside of the numbers or downfield. And I'm not knocking Evan at all. He is a great quarterback. Um, I just think as far as who do we want to start um, September 3rd against a top 25 SEC team, I think Ben Bryant is further along in that development. But I just – it's going to be very interesting to see – how Gino plays both Josh and Lenny, because we all know they're both talented and phenomenal yeah. players, both on the Mackey Award watch list. Um, but I really thought that we would see those two guys in the field at the same time, and we haven't seen a lot of that. So that that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Mateo is just freaking like, what? Like, yeah, dude, his, his time isn't quite yet. I think we'll see him this season. Yeah. Um, but Josh and Lenny will both be gone next year. And next year is his time. Like, that's when he's going to be on lists and in conversations. And um, But what he's able to do at his size and his strength and athleticism and great hands. And um, and when you see tight ends, I mean, this is this is tight end you. I mean, they got, they got dudes who can not only um, – catch the ball consistently, but then also make plays with their legs once they get it. But they also got guys who are really great, willing blockers. And that's a big part of it. Um, You don't see that a lot. You see one or the other a lot of times. Um, But 
you know, like that Travis Kelsey mode, he's a great athlete who can catch the rock, but he'll also block the shit out of a guy. I don't know if we can curse. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> but but yeah, like we so Travis, they have in the in the in the room of that standard and the Guara and just just keeping that standard high. Yeah. And they've got three really great tight ends at the head of that room, of course, led by Wally. But I said I don't want to be Geno because it's just you're trying to figure out. And I should also throw Mike Brown in there, the, the passing game coordinator. Yeah. You're trying to figure out, OK, how can we you want to keep everybody happy, but you also just want to do what's best for the quarterback and the team overall. But there's just so many talented guys um, I'm just curious to see what kind of formations, what kind of things that we'll see. And I think we'll see a, this will not be a Denbrock offense. I think that's important to say. Yeah, I think we'll see some similarities. But Gino is um, he's what's the best way to describe him as it relates to Denbrock? He's just he's more willing to try some new things. And I think Denbrock and I'm not trying to you know throw shade, yeah. but I think Denbrock had a plan look, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And he would just hammer away at that plan until it would work. Yeah. And I think Gino is, is more willing to go, okay, look, that's not going to work. We got some other things that we can try. We got some other guys who we can roll with. So I think we'll have a, 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 a lot of different looks and a lot of different variations, um, not just formations, but, but, the actual personnel, you know, the guys will look a lot different and then he'll be rotating guys in just like um, they will be doing on defense. So it'll be, a, it, I think the important thing is to know UC football has looked very similar the last four seasons, the yeah. same guys, generally speaking, the same formations, because why change it? I mean, we got growth and talent and leadership and, but I think we'll see um, a lot of different – and we won't see five DBs every down this year. We saw that two safeties, three DBs every down, basically. Yeah. Um, we won't see that this year. You may just see one safety back there with two DBs. Um, you may see a linebacker going down the line of scrimmage or um, you know, having a guy like Malik Van stand up at linebacker a few down. So mm. it's just – it's just going to look a lot different, but the identity is still there. The culture is still there. That stuff's not changing. So, yeah. um, man, I mean, I mean, like I'm talking about it, you know, I'm, I'm watching practice, but I do think even the things that we're seeing on a day to day, it's going to change based off of what looks they get. So if Arkansas comes out and they go, wait, we didn't think they do that. We may see an entirely different thing from Cincinnati. And then we're going to see, you know, Arkansas, Kennesaw State, uh, Miami are all three very different teams. They run yeah. three very different schemes, defensively and offensively. I think Kennesaw State runs the triple option, I believe, like like Navy and Army. Oh wow! Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see three very different attacks um, early on, which I think is going to dictate exactly how Cincinnati is going to play this thing. So it's it's going to be a fun thing to watch. For sure. So getting into that, let's go to the big dogs. Offensive line. You know, they have five returning starters, but, you know, has anybody stood out um, during camp? Uh, 
Like um, any any surprise people that have been getting snaps um, on on the offensive line that people might not be knowing about or might not be checking for. Uh, Joe Huber is a freaking stud. Uh, he was a walk on. Yeah. When he started here, um, Lorenz Metz has battled some some injuries. Um, he has you know some off season things going on mm-hmm. just to get healthy for this upcoming season. So with his um, limited availability over the spring and, and fall camps, um, that has presented some opportunities for Huber, and he's not going to get off the field. Yeah. Um, so they have to figure out, okay, well, now where is Mets going to go? Um, now, talking with Cummings, that's not necessarily a bad thing because you want that depth. Just like on the defensive line, when you're able to – rotate guys in and keep guys fresh you want that same thing on the offensive end um you want that consistency um at center and i think you've got that with renfro i think he's one of the best centers um you know in the country i don't think that's that's a that's an overstatement he's on the outland trophy he should have been on um whatever the hell that center trophy award is yeah he should have been on that um, and I know UC was upset about that, but who cares? Like all that, all those lists are, are it gives you and me stuff to talk about. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I think he will, at the end of this thing, be regarded as one of the top centers in the country. And I think if he has a, a great season, knock on wood, all of that stuff, I'm not trying to jinx anything. We're, we yeah. all want these guys to stay healthy and play well. Um, but I think he's he's done a lot. Heading into this season to position himself um, for the 2023 draft. So with that consistency at center, that bodes well for whoever is your starting quarterback. Um, But with Huber and with that um, continuity, with all of those starters back on the offensive line, that also bodes well for whoever the starting running back will be or whatever they end up doing, whether it's one guy, two guys, four guys. Um, but Huber is the standout this spring and this fall because I don't think any of us expected him to be up there. No. Um, Dylan O'Quinn is still great. Tunsil, you know, Coop. Um, but Huber is – they've played him at multiple positions on that O-line, and he has answered the bell every single time. So – um, you know, we talked to him after one of the practices and he just said, you know, you, you only get so many opportunities and you just have to take advantage of them when you get them. And he's done that. So um, they've got a good solid six guys up front. Um, they're looking to get seven, eight, nine, you know, by, uh, you know, by we get in the swing of things, you know, week three, week four, week five, get in yeah. the conference play. Um, you just want depth. You want you want to be two or three strong at every position. So if injuries happen, if penalties happen, if if the unknown happens, you're prepared and, and you're ready to, to 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 throw in some other guys. So, but as far as that O line, um, they look good, and they've had their struggles during camp, only because the D line is again really freaking good. Yeah. Jawan Briggs is the strongest human being I've ever seen in my life. So he's throwing Renfro around <laughs> and that would concern you, but you're like, wait, but Renfro is really freaking good. So that yeah. just shows you how good Juwan Briggs is. Yeah, um, exactly. But I know like I'm, 
I'm saying all these positive things, but um, that's it. It just shows you how um, how good and how effective of recruiters Luke Fickle and company have been. They, you know, you when you he talks about being a top ten, top five program. That's what top five, top ten programs are. Guys leave. And you just there's no drop off. They yeah. just continue to play well and continue to play consistently. And I really, truly believe that's what we'll see um, from Cincinnati this season. It'll be another great year, another talent driven year. Um, there's some guys that need to step up. A lot of guys in new roles. Yeah. Um, Sean is in a new role. Will Huber is in a new role. Arquan is in a new role. Yeah. Um, even the quarterbacks, even the wide receivers. Well, Tyler and Trey, they're 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 solidified, but other guys, yeah. Um, but you 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 expect those guys to step up and and answer the call because that's what guys do at top five, top ten programs. So I'm excited, man. We'll see what's up. For sure, man. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you, you know, taking the time out, giving you know the Bearcat fans a good breakdown of this team ahead of the Arkansas game, which will be on the road. Um, a big game top against two top 25 teams. You'll be there in the flesh. Um, and let's let everybody know where they can find Keith Jenkins work and where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati.com is my employer. <laughs> KeithJenkins.com is my personal site. And then um, you can find me on uh, at Mr. Keith Jenkins on all of them, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and I'm not posting anymore about the QB battle. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we've been told to keep it relatively quiet, so we don't want to give the Arkansas spies any extra any extra news because yeah, you know yeah. they're lurking, Bearcats fans. You know they're trying to figure out any insight from us. So I am gonna gonna keep you know the quarterback battle pretty quiet. But if you were following me on Twitter on Saturday during the scrimmage, you know I dropped some hints. So you know, shout out to everybody who follows me and I appreciate it. All right. We, everybody make sure y'all follow Keith Jenkins. That's my guy. Uh, one of my favorite in the business. So, um, that's it for the TFOM podcast. I'm JC Smith. And I'm signing out. <laughs>